who is available, is now joining us on the Roman guest line, and that is our guy, J.C. Blanco. Blanco. Of the lines to talk this wild card weekend, a lot of football from Saturday to Monday, which is great for us because we're going to be here, so we get some games. Well, actually, Sunday, you know, Monday. you guys are going to be here. I'm taking my black holiday, Martin Luther King Day. So, without further ado, J.C. Blanco. planning on coming in. Oh, no, I changed my mind. Martin Luther King wouldn't let me do that. Uh, J.C., thanks for joining the show. Good evening, guys. Happy uh, 2022. I think it's the first time this year we speak. So really excited. Uh, yeah, big, big weekend. First ever, uh, I guess, super wild card weekend, as they're calling it. So I'm really looking forward to it. JC, I need your help, brother. And also, Happy New Year's to you as well. I need your help with this game tomorrow at 430, the Raiders and the Bengals. I, all week long, I've been asked about this, and I've given out the Raiders to a few stations in Det- uh, not Detroit, Dallas and Cleveland. And then I took a deeper dive into this game today, and I'm like, I don't know if I feel so great about the Raiders, but then I saw another stat on Twitter that's like, wow, Joe Burrow against the pressure. He's not great. He's in the bottom level. He's in the bottom of tier of quarterbacks against pressure, and then he has a big challenge going going up against the defensive line of the Raiders team. The spread is 5.5. The total is 48.5. I'm not going to lie. I don't feel good about either side of any one of these, the total or the spread. What do you, What say you? Yeah, I mean, I'm kind of with you on both of those things because the Raiders, I'm, I'm, I'm guilty of having doubted them a few times during the regular season, including in the uh, in the Week 18 finale, and they they find a way uh, to give them credit. At least you know at, at that that final run they had at the end of the season. Uh, so I, I'm not going to even touch that spread because it's just at that at that weird number where. Uh, you know, anything can happen on either side there. I do think ultimately Cincinnati wins the game. Uh, I think Burrow, as you said, you know, there there is difficulty for him sometimes with the pressure, but the confidence uh, of those last two games that he did play before taking week 18 off, I think really carries over here. And just the, the, the chemistry, whatever it is, the momentum that that he and his receivers had built, I think is going to carry over fairly well. Although I think the Raiders aren't going to just let them, uh, you know, pass up and down the field. They've tightened things up on defense over the end of the year. But I think Cincinnati has just enough to win. But I wouldn't be surprised if that just comes by a field goal. And low scoring is what, uh, you know, on the under on that total is what I'm also uh, leaning toward myself because the weather conditions also aren't going to be the best for offense anyhow. Yeah, I can't wait to watch that game. And, I mean, that's a good point because Burrow, the weird thing about Burrow is he's one of the best quarterbacks in the league when blitz, but under pressure, like natural pressure, and they're able to drop more guys back in coverage, that's when he struggles. And I feel like Max Crosby is going to just dominate Isaiah Prince in this game, man. I can't wait to watch that one. And then the nightcaps, probably the better matchup, I guess, the one everybody's looking forward to because we get the Patriots and the Bills part three, the rubber match. Uh, I like Buffalo. I don't know if I trust the spread. I'm not usually a big minus 200 money line better, but I'm doing it here. The total is 43 and a half. Which way would you play this one, JC? Right. Yeah. I mean, all of these spreads, I mean, I have probably a qualm about each of them in one way or the other. Yeah, they're really tight. Uh, Maybe, maybe, (laughs) yeah. Either, and and the the, the larger ones that I'm sure we'll talk about also have me a little bit shaky as well. But yeah, with this one here, I mean, I agree. Again, Buffalo, we might, from what I'm hearing, see similar weather conditions to what we saw in that first matchup, uh, I, I believe, where uh, where we had the famous Mac Jones three-pass attempt game. Uh, of course, that's not going to fly in the postseason. They're going to have to put the ball up. And, and I think Buffalo's secondary uh, can, can do enough to slow, slow New England down and limit them to a low enough score where Buffalo does come out on top. I think Josh Allen... Uh, and his offense really gained some confidence from that second matchup where they really handed it to New England and uh, at their place, you know, at Gillette Stadium. So, 
JC, for you, if you're in control of a team, say you're an owner, uh, what's the order of hiring uh, for you? Uh, because the Vikings and Bears are both without GMs and coaches at this time. Hiring GMs is a process. And at that point, you risk losing the guy that you might really want uh, to coach your team because these coaching carousels end up like being rapid fire sometimes. But if you hire a coach first, you run the risk of maybe the coach not being uh, the guy that the GM wanted. So in your opinion, how do you run that? Yeah, I think, Trisha, you have to evaluate it, uh, I guess, by the, the, how desirable, how, how the high uh, desirability of that head coach that you might be considering and whether he's just too good to let slip through if you wait too long. So, uh, you know, as an example, and I don't know if this is who, one of the people you have in mind here, for example, Brian Flores, yep. a big fan of his. Uh, I'm here in South Florida. I, I thought that, that this was just uh, an egregious, egregious fire. It shouldn't have happened. <laughs> Should not have happened, and I think they'll, they'll come to regret it. But the Dolphins have made mistakes for a long time uh, at the head coaching and, and at the uh, at the GM level, so that's nothing new. And I think, for example, if Chicago or Houston want floors bad enough, uh, I would I would jump on it if I was them, even if with a, a GM a spot still open. Uh, I think it, it's pretty it's pretty important the importance of a GM. There's no doubt about it, of course, in, in gaining uh, personnel and, and getting that roster filled out the right way, but. The coach is the one who's going to have that down in the trenches, you know, day after day, week after week during the season. Uh, he's his importance is can't be overstated either. So I think if the coach is uh, high enough on your list that uh, you feel he's a priority, I think you jump on him before somebody else takes him. We're joined now by J.C. Blanco of the Lions, talking some NFL, some wildcard weekend, and also some hirings and firings. Um, and uh, he joins us on the Roman guest line. J.C., I want to ask you about you, – you talked about being in Florida. Let's talk about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They're eight-and-a-half-point favorites right now at the crib. They haven't been – both of these teams, uh, their ATS this season has not been impressive, both hovering around that 500 area. Eagles come in with nothing to lose. Um, Tampa just – do I just saw a report today, or I just actually it was NFL Network, I believe, that said Leonard Fournette is still a game time decision. Um, and he, no Rojo, he's it, got. I think he's out uh, considered out for the game. Right. Yes. So the weapons yes. for Tom Brady continue continue to dwindle. I'm a little concerned. I think they do win the game, but you got a, a feisty Eagles team that's just coming in here to muck up the party against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers team that hasn't really looked like themselves now at this point since, I don't know, when they beat the Dallas Cowboys in week one. Like, they just haven't been a consistent team this year. What say you on the spread? And also the total is 45 and a half. I heard there's some weather. You can be our um, our meteorologist. Yeah, well, I, I agree on the, on the spread. This is one of the ones I was alluding to uh, earlier that I'm a little bit uh, just hesitant on that because that number is at, at eight and a half. And I think, you know, Tampa last, when, when they did play each other, I think it was week six, they played in uh, Philadelphia on a Thursday night. A six-point win for Tampa it was a hard-fought uh, victory there. And that was, I believe, a game where Rob Gronkowski didn't play, but uh, Tom Brady did have Evans and, and uh, at the time, Godwin as well at his disposal. I think Antonio Brown was out as well for that. So uh, my concern with them uh, at this point, and I do think they win. I think I like uh, a parlay on the win and the under mm. as my favorite wager attached to this. It's just the depth of the receiving core for Brady is just isn't there right now uh, when you get past uh, Evans. And then you're dealing with guys like Brashard Perriman, who you just never know from game to game what you're going to get from him in terms of his hands. I mean, his speed is always an asset, but he just doesn't always come up with the ball. 
uh, Scotty Miller, Tyler Johnson, a, a lot of guys that are really more bottom of the depth chart guys. And so there's only so much Gronk and Mike Evans can do. And Philadelphia's defense is good enough to obviously focus on them and, and make things a lot harder. The running game, as you were mentioning, also going to be a concern here because it might be down to Keyshawn Vaughn and Le'Veon Bell uh, if, yeah. if Fournette can't go. And so there, there's some concerns there. But uh, at the same time, in breaking down the game earlier in the week, Philadelphia's receiving core, I see, even though they're healthy, I see them as even thinner almost in a way because outside of Devonta Smith uh, and, of course, Dallas Goddard at tight end, who did Jalen Hurts really have reliably to turn to from game to game? So it's kind of the same thing on both ends. You have the number one receiver and the top tight end as your top two guys to throw to, but not much behind them. So that's why I like I like the under here in most likely, and uh, the two defenses are, are good enough for that, and, and a Tampa win at home. JC, you talk about the tight end being one of the primary options. That's kind of what's going on with the Arizona Cardinals right now. It's Christian Kirk, a rookie in Rondell Moore, and no DeAndre Hopkins. This is now... Third team or third time that the Cardinals are playing the Rams. The spreads four, totals forty nine and a half. What are you What are you thinking about this game? How are you approaching your analysis and how you bid it? Well, yeah, one of the main things I'm looking at here is what's going to happen with with James Conner and Chase Edmonds yep. for Arizona. Uh, it looks like Edmonds is is the one that has the the more clear shot to play. Uh, I think he he himself diagnosed himself as healthy. I know earlier in the week, but Good I do think for me. that he is going to. Gonna go, yeah. I mean, and and as far as Connor's concerned, I guess if a more of a game time decision, those two guys are essential here for Kyler Murray. I think to have enough confidence to uh, be able to operate this offense smoothly, because he really, I, I get just the sense he's he's a little bit shaken by not having Hopkins out there. Even though Hopkins' numbers this year before he got hurt, it's kind of gone under the radar that they weren't all that great. But just his mere presence uh, out there obviously affected the way defenses were playing them. And I, I think Christian Kirk and A.J. Green are, are perfectly adequate number two receivers at this point in their careers, but uh, none of them, uh, neither one of them is going to scare a defense as much as Hopkins does. And so Zach Ertz, as Chris was alluding to, that's, that's, the, next, uh, that's the next guy that really is on the, uh, I guess, uh, when Murray drops back, that's the, the most reliable guy he might have to look for right now in the short to intermediate uh, passing game. JC, we only got about one minute here, and this is probably the best game of the weekend, but your thoughts on 49ers-Cowboys in about 60 seconds, how you'll play this one. Yeah, the the spread here again has me thinking 49ers can cover this. I think it really is a true toss-up because these two teams are just very evenly matched. And San Francisco, this is a defense in Dallas that San Francisco should be able to achieve balance against. That's very important to keep Jimmy G away from uh, from the interceptions and the mistakes. All righty, J.C. Blanco of the Lions talking some wild card weekend. Thank you, sir. Enjoy the weekend of bets, and hopefully we have you Thank back you. soon. Absolutely. Thanks again, guys. Our guy, he's he's a true friend of show, Juan Carlos Blanco, the Lions. You can follow him on Twitter. I was actually just on his Twitter being a creep. J.C. Blanco 22, Blanco, B-L-A-N-C-O 22. Who's the most famous 22 in the history of all sports? I know my favorite uh, Blanco next to J.C. It would be Henry. Henry Blanco? Yeah. Former Cub great.